Welcome to Talking Direction, the behind-the-scenes podcast going deep into the world of directors, those visionary artists at the center of the movies, TV, plays, musicals, and stories enjoyed by millions around the world. Each week, we welcome acclaimed guests to explore imagination, risk-taking, and craft, as well as looking at the past, present, and future of the creative industries. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening today. We're available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you enjoy podcasts. Talking Direction is a program of the Drama League of New York, the nation's only nonprofit creative home for directors. You can make a donation or become a member or learn more about our guest today at dramaleague.org. Peace and love, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Direction, your podcast about directors, the people who love them, and the sensational work they bring to your screens and stages. I am Nylan, writer, director, actor, and associate artistic director of the Drama League, and I'm your host today. Uh, Let me begin with a big slice of gratitude to the Drama League, the staff, the board, its members, and you for continuing to support Talking Direction. We have great episodes coming up this season, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast, head over to dramaleague.org, and learn more. Now, this time we are using language like the grand reopening, the return of Broadway back to live performances. I mean, I, I think of like in the words of soul to soul, the, you know, the, the back to life, back <laughs> to reality. <laughs> I mean, I mean, all these words have been words falling out of the mouths of every actor, director, designer, producer, arts leader, agent, publicist. If you work in the entertainment industry, it's a conversation you are having. But our guest today is in the thick of it, doing his part to help birth new life and wellness into the industry while bringing artists and audiences together again to be in the beloved tradition we call theater. And I'm talking about Jalen Levinson, a multi-hyphenate storyteller from Louisiana who will be adding another chapter in his journey this fall as he makes his Broadway debut as director of the new comedy from Douglas Lyons, Chicken and Biscuits. He is a board member and the director of industry initiatives for Broadway Advocacy Coalition. The ever-luminary Andre De Shields said, and I quote, if you are asking to whom I might wish to pass on the baton a younger protege, it would be Jalen Levinston. So please welcome this amazing director, actor, writer, producer, activist, every other thing he wishes and wills himself to be <laughs> to talking direction. How are you doing, Jalen? What's up? That is such a, uh, that was a nice introduction. I'm like, jazzed up now yeah yeah we're gonna get good vibes good energy we're gonna talk about some stuff yeah. <laughs> um, i uh understand that you just got back in the country right from south korea am yeah, i right i did it was it was wild i was um uh staging um hadestown the international premiere of uh hadestown and it was a fascinating experience and i literally yeah. did a few days ago um and they are still teching actually <laughs> um oh, so you're we, freshly we, we are doing all the things over zooms and text messages and all the things oh but that had to be amazing i mean like i know south korea is gonna have this uh Broadway hub that they're developing. And I'm really excited for that. You know, it's um, fascinating to be around musical theater in a culture wherein it's still a relatively new thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
because it feels new. It feels new and fresh and cool and hip and current. And, you know, they don't have to ask the questions we ask of like, how do we get young people to the theater? How do we get, you know, <laughs> diverse audiences, whatever that means, because it just is like cool in general. They don't have a long history of the theater being an exclusionary place. So you get to see it born again and maybe see how it could have been from the get go. Right. <laughs> <Huh>. Right. <laughs> Let's play a quick game. Do me a favor. Complete the sentence for me. Uh, theater must dot, dot, dot survive. Mm. That was just the first mm-hmm. word that came to my head. No, no. I, <laughs> I think that's one highly fit into the moment. Right. <laughs> Let's resuscitate, breathe. Let's make you again. All of it. Yes. Right definitely survive. And speaking of that, so I, I, I mentioned in my intro this uh, hyper-focused concern our industry has around um, the return, and I'm saying it with all the quotations of the world. Um, right. And what and, and why we must return is pretty clear. You know, like like money's drying up, stuff trickles down. Um, um, we need we need our audiences back to support us. We need to be making art for our audiences, you know, career opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. That that part I think is pretty clear to us. And I say us as uh, uh, the, the industry, the public, but the how is the big question mark I think right. um, we're all wrestling with. Um, and I know we need the world to spin again. Um, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I say it with the with capital letters and a sign. Please spin again, world. Right. Um, but but I think how is really um, important, especially coming off of. Uh, I still I don't think any of us have have had a chance yet to digest twenty twenty, but coming off of uh, a, a reckoning. Um, uh, one a black reckoning as the country again is faced with its racist ways wow. uh, industry looking at its multiple systems of how outdated it was artists who, who just got the chance to stop and think about what the hell they're doing and then I'm looking at like this narrative that's out in the world right now and I'm seeing I'm seeing all these media outlets tell me that you know seven black productions going to Broadway which which you get the hell one of them congrats on that and I'm overjoyed by that news but I'm also concerned for the artists and I'm going to be very transparent. The black artists carrying a load. I don't believe they should be carrying. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts on that is, or if you're feeling that load at all, you may not be. Well, it's definitely, I don't know if I would characterize it as a load more mm-hmm. than a context. Like we are making an, a context that is extremely unusual and that that should be definitely, you know, the main point of consideration when questions come up like, you know, related to the success or failure, perceived success or failure of this moment or these shows or what they mean that like whatever these shows do on Broadway this fall should have nothing to do with the industry's commitment to uh, making sure that this is not an anomaly of a season. I absolutely agree with that. For over a century, the Drama League has been serving artists and audiences in the American theater with fierce dedication. As the landscape has evolved, 
we are too, to meet our community in this important moment. Our programs, ranging from internationally renowned directing intensive workshops to fellowships and residencies to a globally recognized award celebration, are constantly adapting to meet the needs of creators and consumers of art and culture. Stay up to date by following us on all social media platforms and visiting dramaleague.org. And and you're making your debut as the youngest black director on Broadway. Hey, I mean, come on, put it on a shirt, <laughs> like wear that proudly. Um, I I just think it's a, I I I remember when I discovered what the word precedent means, and I was right. like, I always just want to set those right. That's what it is. I just want to set precedents. Um, and I love that you get to set this precedent, and we all get to witness that. Or at least in my lifetime, I get to witness that. I'm gonna be a part of that. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I wonder. Um, I wonder if you if I don't know because you just said you just started rehearsals right today. No, we I'm, start tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Oh, it's so fresh. It's so fresh. So fresh. And I and I and I wonder if you're um, you're you're already feeling like um, you have to carry this. I have to be this type of responsibility. I have to be this thing a little outside of self i mean like we all and, and, I, and i think this is what anybody regardless of like race or gender or, or religion etc when you're the first at something i think i think it's not about failures i think it's also about uh how, like how you carry the torch as i just say because olympics just passed right <laughs> like like how you how you display that energy i just wonder if that's on your mind i just i just know you have a lot of eyes on you and i just wonder what you're feeling I think the moment feels so big in general that it doesn't really feel connected to the fact that I'm the youngest black director to do it. Um, it just feels like a big moment anyway. <laughs> so there's definitely like, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Anna Shapiro who said in a talk once that like, Everyone on the first day really just wants to know from you, do you have any information that we don't already know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of like my main thing that I've been like having anxiety about is just like, okay, now we get to, to the first day of rehearsal and how do I make sure that that room feels like the journey it took for each of them to get there was worth that journey will 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 be worth that journey is headed to something uh even greater right um because you know it's going to be a room of people who have been traumatized and not you know just the cast we all have collectively gone through a trauma because of our industry shutting down, because of COVID happening, because of all the politics in this country. And we're still steeped in so much fear as an industry and as a community. And I think that more than thinking about like the precedent I'm setting, I'm more concerned with making sure that I set a context that in this room, we get to run contrary to everything that happens outside of this room. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 
I love where where you're placing your intention and the energy there, and and not denying that <laughs> everything outside the walls have been real. Oh, so <laughs> the real. world has been losing its mind. Yeah. Um, I love that. Do you have anything like traditionally on the first day that you love to do? I just like to talk. I mean, I I'm a talker <laughs> by nature. Um, probably most directors are. I just like to read the play and then get everyone talking. And I, I feel like the sooner everyone is talking about something together, the sooner it's not just mine or just the playwrights or just the designers who've been working on it. You know, my goal is to always get it to feel like uh, the play belongs to everyone as soon as possible. Because if you believe that it belongs to you, then you will try as hard as I will try to make sure that it's a, it's a success. So, you know, we'll do some talking, we'll do some reading, we'll do some laughing, we'll do some kikiing. I plan on just, like, having fun tomorrow and, you know, remembering that it's called a play because it's <laughs> playful. <laughs> yes, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I just love it. It's 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 it's, it's crazy because, uh, you know, I, I, the trauma league we 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 help directors all the time on their right. career and path and these questions come across my table all the time and i'm like just be a human and then we get the face of this like what is that the trick i'm like there's no trick right <laughs> like, right like, just just be a human today yeah. <laughs> you, the room's gonna tell you what it needs um and i love your i love the advice of get people to talk about it make them feel ownership in the room of it yeah. Um, and the more people feel ownership, the more they like they put their their hearts and souls into it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I love that. I love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, there was I think who said that? Lloyd Richards I think said at some point in the process the playwright knows more information than anyone in the process, and then there comes a time when the director probably knows a bit more about the play than anyone in the room. But that then there is a moment wherein the actors know more about the play than anyone, even the playwright, because they're the only ones who experience the play in relationship to each other. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of relates to this intention of mine of getting people to just feel ownership as soon as possible. Absolutely. Uh, Do something else for me. So um, could you state your name? and say, and directing is dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Jalen Levingston, and directing is ministry. Oh, okay, talk about that. (laughs) Ministry. I think. Well, you just said you like to talk, too, so I also love that you said that. Now I'm just collecting all these pieces. I'm like, okay, I see who you are. (laughs) It's so funny. Well, I, I feel as if directing is ministry. What does that mean to me? What do I mean by that? I'm trying to frame it in a way that isn't triggering to people who have like church hurt and stuff because that's super real and so do I. Um, but what I mean is that I think it's the director's job along with all the kind of technical, logistical, practical things that come with or mechanical things that come with making a show happen you also have to wield and shape and pull 
out from the sky, from the artist in the room, out from yourself, these elusive things like hope and fear and love and uh, justice and joy. And you have to figure out how to make that material. And so it's, to me, the ministry of pulling down those things that can sometimes feel not real to us and making it real. You know, it is the the art of making it real. Mm. Mm. This, uh, in, in my uh, prep to talk to you, uh, but there was a, a moment in a, in an interview you were doing with Crossroad Theaters where you brought up um, intersectionality, which is which is my jam and sauce. It's what I do in my art. I like that uh, 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 pull the co- um, covers off of it and like really put it in people's faces. Yeah. You said something about like intergenerational, and then you started speaking about yeah. I need to make sure there's a um, someone older and younger, uh, different genders in the room. Mm-hmm. I need someone who's like out, out. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, you're so. I think you're so right. And it's something that you're, you're saying here with the ministry about um, everyone call, like, like call your powers. I yeah. I sound like a, a, a child, <laughs> but everyone like, like activate. Basically, <laughs> One yeah. of the powers activate up in a room. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that hits. Um, wonderful. So could we, um, could we shift for a second? So um, your work with um, Broadway Advocacy Coalition. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, for those listeners who don't know about this organization, would you tell tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So uh, the Broadway Advocacy Coalition is a five-year-old nonprofit that was started by uh, company members of Shuffle Along on Broadway who were, as artists, feeling disenfranchised Uh, by their industry because of the lack of response to uh, police brutality. And also we're asking the question, how can we be using our artistry in a way that makes real impact? And so that is kind of the the genesis of what became Broadway Advocacy Coalition. And what we have done historically is combine kind of high-level artistry with both policy and uh, uh, the directly impacted, by which we mean uh, leaders who have been formerly incarcerated and or uh, have um, uh, a relationship to immigration. And we put those three sectors of people in a room together and we develop a process of making work that allows for the work to have its eye on real substantive change as much as it has its eye on high artistic integrity. Um, And that is kind of, you know, in a nutshell, how we had spent most of our time kind of developing that work and methodology. And then when the murder of George Floyd happened and the kind of like reckoning on Broadway uh, Mm -hmm. started to to really trend, uh, we pivoted and really thought about asking those questions we ask outside of the theatrical space, but asking them within the theatrical space. And what does it look like to look at our own backyard and to try to help build the capacity of um, people in the industry across roles 
from the individual actor or freelancer all the way up to the theater owner, uh, building their capacity to actually be in a process that leads to substantive change that is connected to a uh, long-term vision uh, of uh, culture change in our, in our industry. Oh my God. I, I, one, thank you all for doing that work. It's, it's, we're going to, I was about to say, unfortunately, but I'm going to say, fortunately, um, there are people like this institution out in the world who's ready to do the process work, but cause everyone's ready to, to run. Everybody wants some magic flip button and all our problems are solved. Right. Right. But, but it's going to take the systematic change. It's going to take, um, the behavioral change. Yeah. Um, and then that's going to take a generational change. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the, the first thing I know I learned in the world when I, I was a young man who said I wanted to eradicate racism. It was a beautiful idea, right. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it, it, the work ahead is real. Um, but I'm very glad you all are doing that work because I'm, um, from what I know about you, I watch a lot of people um, uh, start to incorporate some of these processes and using this language, um, and it's and it's really healthy because it's uh, um, uh, it's it's festering in the best way possible, and people's yeah. brain really germating um, better strategies of how to unite. We hope so. I mean, we're really trying to think about what do we mean by change and how how does change actually happen and you know feels really important to us that we build our industry's capacity in understanding how change happens as much as we actually make the change um i say this kind of in my own personal artistic practice but we also say it with mbac which is how we make is as important as what we make Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, we're very process centered in that way. Um, and I would say, you know, if there's an organization that's advocating for a very particular policy, we're advocating that the implementation of that policy go through a process that has uh, a certain level of integrity attached to it that we then call or associate with our methodology. I hear that. I hear that. And I lift that up. Being a creative professional means we're always learning. And with the pandemic coming to an end, there's never been a better time for us to up our game. The Essentials is the Drama League's acclaimed series of online and in-person workshops that feature cutting-edge techniques to help you be ready for the changing realities of the arts in America. Hosted by award-winning thought leaders and experts, The Essentials offers one-of-a-kind sessions in text analysis, camera techniques, auditioning, and much more. You can participate directly in the hands-on workshops or simply observe via Zoom. Classes are filling up for 2021. So learn more and sign up by visiting dramaleague.org slash essentials. That's dramaleague.org slash essentials. Let's move over to chicken and biscuits. From, yeah. I'm, A little I'm, lighter I'm So, so... Well, that was light too. Look, they we look. Don't we gonna sit in the uncomfortable? <laughs> Ain't no shame in that. Um, um, I, I'm I'm quite excited for this play. Um, um, it made me so I became like a little historian for a moment. I was like, so when's the last comedy by a oh my black God. playwright I asked on the same Broadway? 
Um, and I and 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 so what I find first off was that the first black musical comedy is Shuffle Along in 1921. Yes. Um, the only and then we have several black comedy musicals, but we don't have any black comedy plays. We have plays, but Lord, we bring the drama. <laughs> um, yeah. Until um, 1991, when um, um, Lincoln Center. Uh, produces Muleborn, um, Langston Hughes's play on Broadway. Um, and that runs for a little bit, but I don't know if you ever read Muleborn. That is a dark comedy. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if I'm like slapping my knee funny at <laughs> Muleborn. And I, then I went, wow, I, I haven't, I haven't studied like, like, I, I will nest a lie. I've, I've come across a black comedy, um, in, in, in many anthology and reading, but I, I have never like gone to Broadway to see a, a, a black player who's written a comedy. And I was, I'm just so thrilled by those words just there. Um, and and it, it was enough for me. To go, let me get my ticket now. Yay! That's really all we want. To happen. <laughs> you know, and especially, you know, I'm an artist who can spend quite a lot of my artistic time delving into, you know, some of the darkest areas of our humanity, and 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 working that out through my art. And you know, I think there's a place for all of that, and that's all great. But just with that statistic that you named, the lack of just straight up opportunities for audiences and to come and experience joy contextualized within the Black experience, or even just this specific Black experience, you know, um, the fact that it's that rare is its own kind of like, its own kind of radical act. Um, where mm-hmm. politics isn't on isn't the burden of the play itself, but just the fact that it gets to disrupt the space in this way. Um, and, you know, we hope people come and, and love it and have a fun time. But, and I'm sure some people will be disrupted by the fact that they are in this context, because I think we have been so conditioned to uh, think that the only kinds of stories related to Black people that um, can be on this level and or in this kind of commercial realm are ones that um, are more dramatic or ones that are more overtly political or ones that um, are connected to teaching white people something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, um, I've spent a lot of time in the South and I've, I've, I've seen like tours of like a, uh, 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 a comedy written by a black body before. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Tyler Perry makes a success doing just that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, we know there's a, there's a, first off, I'm bringing up Tyler Perry, which means there's, there's an entire culture who would spend money on it. Right. right. And that should be all a commercial property needs to go. Duh. Right. We should put it over here right. on Broadway. Obviously. I mean, he has made his millions. Right. Off of it. Right. Um, so I love, I'm, I'm in realizing all the history of it. I went, wow. And I was like, oh, that's what every, you tell whoever's doing your marketing, that's what they need to say. I was like, oh, there's like none. No, there's like, <laughs> like, none. like and I mean, what's fascinating just... is like also there's this lane of co- African-American comedy that like is also kind of new in that 
this play is, you know, I think accessible enough to where, you know, it, it reaches audiences who love going to the theater, audiences who don't typically go to the theater. Um, and at the same time, it's like situated within a very kind of specific farcical, you know, Neil Simon-esque kind of comedy tradition that has existed on Broadway a lot, um, just not with black people. Um, mm-hmm. so I think it actually is going to create a space in the audience that no one's really seen on Broadway before. And we've been needing a comedy. I, I yeah, have the privilege I of we're I can go to Broadway a lot. And I'm like, where's the comedies at? Everybody? <laughs> and I, I was like, even revive one. I was like, give me something. Right, um, right. A little ha-ha. Um, I'm super excited for that. So so if I'm right, so you were, this this show was at Queen's Theater, right? Yes. And it did, I, and what I can't find out is that, did you all get to open or did, or did, we did Corona come in we and stop you? for a couple of weeks and then had to stop because of COVID. And... The universe magic has now allowed you all to come back on Broadway. I mean, come on, for sure. Round of applause. Yes, see, that's good karma. Sense, but (laughs) we're going with it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't ask questions. Just run. Exactly. (laughs) Just walk forward. Let's go do it. Let's let's do it. (laughs) So tell us a little bit. So so what's Chicken and Biscuits about? So Chicken and Biscuits is about a family that is coming together after the death of uh, the patriarch of that family. Um, And all is well except our main character, Benita, has been holding a family secret out of shame that if it gets out, it will disgrace uh, her father who has just passed and the family. And I think what the play ends up exploring is how all of these characters come together hiding something and how through the deconstruction of our own shame, we actually create a space for the power that love has in a family to actually support us and hold us down. So really test us test is it really tests um some of the kind of like common behaviors i think that happens in a lot of families which is like let me be on my best behavior let me hide this part of myself <laughs> let me make sure that you know my sister cousin brother doesn't know this element of me so that we you know can can maintain a certain kind of image um but by doing that we actually never get to test the limits of our love and this family does. Mm, seems like the perfect time for that because we've been, uh, uh, I was about to say, huddled up together. <laughs> we've, yeah. we've been forced to be quarantined together yeah. with each other. And I, I just think families need a chance to see themselves reflected in this type of light <laughs> so, so they can like, let some stuff go and laugh. Um, and, uh, you know, a big part of the show takes place at a funeral, which is primed for hijinks, but also what's interesting within this context is also like we, we take certain parts of the funeral seriously. And uh, it's going to be interesting, I think, to also create a space, not only where we laugh together, but where we can maybe experience some catharsis together around what just happened to all of us over the last couple mm. of years. 
Absolutely. Absolutely there. I love that idea. Enjoying today's episode? We hope you'll join the community of artists and arts lovers behind it by becoming a member of the Drama League. For over 100 years, the Drama League has been supporting the entertainment industry and the incredible artist at the center of it. When you become a member, you'll receive unparalleled access to the entire theater scene, members-only events, insider news, and ticket discounts. And your membership directly makes it possible for the next generation of artists to learn, grow, and succeed. And they've never needed your help more than now. So to join us, please visit dramaleague.org membership. That's dramaleague.org membership. And from all of us, thanks for joining. You may not, you may be in a, a different creator's hat right now, but, but I, one, I'm going to say, I think you've assembled a, a great design team, hey, um, a great cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Lawrence one the third is going to be working with you all and shout out to him. He's good. Incredible people. designer. <laughs> um, um, and uh, I, I just wonder besides them, I'm, I'm and if they listen to this, I'm the question about the, as uh, Jalen, you all are not able to be on that list right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, like, who are the artists on your bucket list right now? I mean, and, and when I say this, oh, I mean, wow. there's, there's, you got all the money in the world. You got the best project, all that stuff. It's all coming together. It's, it's serendipity. It's just like, who are those people that you wish you get a chance in, in this lifetime to work with? Oh, gosh. My entire head is a Rolodex. I can't believe you're making me do this. Um, I'm just like going through A, B, C, D, E. But for the sake of like not getting too close to the people I'm already working with, <laughs> I'll just shoot for the moon <laughs> so no one feels left out and say that a dream is to collaborate with Kendrick Lamar. Oh, okay. Hold I Okay. So first off, that is a first on Talking Direction. You were the first one to say a rapper. I love that. <laughs> um, um, why Kendrick? I think that he's making some of the best theater in the past, you know, however many years. It's in the context Ooh. of live performances at concerts and albums. But I think that uh, he's one of our most prolific storytellers right now. And I think that all of us kind of millennials working right now are working out of a context that is Kendrick Lamar's world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely there. He always put a he always presents an event. Mm-hmm. Um which I always want theater to get back to. I wanna I wanna I wanna feel like this is why I had to have my butt here at this well, time. Yeah, I watch the things that he that that you know he performs and produces. And I'm like, why can't theater feel like this this mm. is the kind of musical i want to experience like what is a show that is you know filled with kendrick lamar music and has fire and has background dancers and is mixing medium and breaking form and you know what 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 is that experience absolutely i'm thinking about his grammy performance and i'm like oh, that, that's favorite that's downtown theater at its best yeah. right yeah. i was like the oh. public wish they were making that <laughs> mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Who else is on this list? This is also me trying to put out in the universe, you know, your feelers. You know, you remember down the line when Kendra go, let's do this. He's like, oh, yeah, Nyla, Nyla, like, trigger that for me. I know. <laughs> ah, I don't know. I, everyone, whoever's making cool shit, work with me. <laughs> I think that's all right. No, I think that's perfectly fine. I know. I do. I say this question to people, they'd be like, ah, 
I really got a long list. And I'm like, we all got a long I mean, list. I'm going to think you of know? seven <laughs> people the moment we finish talking. I love it. I love it. No worries at all. Uh, we're close to wrapping up, though. So so tell me, um, you're in a room with your younger self. Um, what advice would you give yourself? I would tell baby Jalen that keep having those thoughts, keep having those feelings. Mm. Keep having those thoughts, keep having those feelings. I think I spent a lot of years as a young person feeling very like an anomaly in the context that I was in and like questioning, like, am I supposed to be thinking this? Because it doesn't seem like everyone else is thinking this. Or am I supposed to be feeling this? Because no one else seems to care. And uh, I would just encourage that young person to, yes, keep feeling and thinking as deeply as you are. doesn't matter how old you are. That's going to sit with me. That's going to sit with me. And for my own little soul, yeah. my own little inner nylon. Jalen, <laughs> um, uh, thank you so much. Uh, you this this was so fun. Yeah, I hope I hope it was. To everybody out there listening, I want to make it clear. Go see Chicken and Biscuits opening up this fall at October 10th. Um, I got my ticket. You you should get your ticket. We'll put a link in um, this podcast so you can get your ticket. Um, and I'll see you at the theater. Uh, Jalen, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Nyland. This was great. Thanks for listening to Talking Direction. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing while you're here. Also, let us know what you think. You can follow us on all social media platforms with the handle at Drama League. Talking Direction is a program of the Drama League of New York, America's only nonprofit home for directors and the audiences they inspire, offering essential services and resources to artists in their time of need. Please join us in this effort by visiting dramaleague.org and click donate. Or better yet, be a part by becoming a member. Thanks for listening. 